the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Vices. I don't have to show you any stinking vices. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. All right. Hi there. Ho there. Glad you have tuned in, everybody, here at the Chris Salcedo Show. We have a Friday going on and plenty of goings on over in Hamburg, Germany. With the President of the United States sitting down with Vlad the anti-Democrat Impaler Putin. <laughs> that was a, I didn't even work on that at all. I know it's going to be hard to believe, but I didn't work on it. That, that was a spur of the moment. A descriptor of the communist who is in charge of Russia. We'll get into that coming up on the Chris Salcedo Show after I tell you how to get a hold of us. Telephone number is 888 We'll get to the flip around because that's exactly what the major topic of conversation is right now. This conversation between Vlad and our president, Donald Trump. SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. On-demand listening for this program and all Blaze radio programming, as a matter of fact. Catching the show live is easy to do. The Blaze.com slash radio, Blaze radio smartphone app, or the iHeartRadio app. On social media, go to Facebook. Type in The Chris Salcedo Show, and you will find us. Pinned there at the top is our very favorite meme uh, showing the bashing and the fall of the CNN brand. Oh, and there is news on the CNN ratings and why they're able to continue even though their ratings are in the toilet. And this goes for MSNBS as well. But a reminder as to why they're able to continue and why the blaze, why so many, I suspect, leftists on cable networks, on these cable networks around the country are not allowing us to be on. Uh, Go to theblaze.com and click on the channel section. You'll find our presence there. Theblaze.com. Look for the Chris Salcedo Show, and you will find a daily offering or two for you to digest. All right, let's get to the flip around right off the top, and uh, it looks like uh, Fox News is over in Hamburg, Germany. The Secretary of State said there's a lot of meetings that will be planned, set up uh, at a staff level to go over a lot of the issues that the two leaders were talking about. One thing that I found very interesting, though, when you when you look at the first bilateral meetings of President Trump with a number of uh, of foreign leaders, whether it be President Xi, uh, President al-Sisi, or Prime Minister Theresa May, there was always an invitation there to come visit our country, come to Britain, come to Egypt, come to China. Uh, There was no such invitation extended by Vladimir Putin to President Trump, nor a reciprocal offer to President Putin to come visit the United States. So uh, they're not quite that far down the road of the relationship just yet. They seemed, according to Rex Tillerson, which we will, we have some sound bites after the break we'll get into. Rex Tillerson said that the two leaders took, took to each other right away. Um, there was, I was listening, I think I was listening to Limbaugh earlier today. He had some analyst, I think it was on MSNBS, who had made a comment that she noticed when Vladimir Putin met Donald Trump and they were shaking hands, Vladimir Putin was constantly looking down. Donald Trump was trying to make eye contact with him. And he kept on looking away and looking down. He wouldn't make eye contact with Trump. Whereas 
uh, Vladimir Putin never showed any respect to resident Obama because resident Obama was a pushover and an anti-American freak. And, and Vladimir Putin knew that he could run over, uh, uh, Obama because Obama wouldn't stand for anything, especially when it came to defending the United States. So, uh, the, 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 the body language this person was observing was very much of respect of Vladimir Putin to Trump, whereas Vladimir Putin would never show any inkling of respect for Barack Obama because many world leaders believe that Barack Obama wasn't worthy of respect. Hell, many Americans don't think that Barack Obama was worthy of any respect. Uh, let's get over to uh, MSNBS. Happening along the Euphrates Valley. He had three cities that were hit last night. That's where most of the flying and the fighting is taking place. Now, there's a little bit of ISIS in southwest Syria, but for the most part, U.S. operations are focused elsewhere. And it doesn't seem, at least at first cut at this, it doesn't seem like this ceasefire is going to have any sort of effect on what the U.S. is doing against the fight against ISIS. Uh, there was a ceasefire brokered today at this summit. Now, look, I don't, I, I just don't trust Vladimir Putin. Oh, yes, Mr. President, I, we, we, ceasefire, no problem. Trump probably walked out there and said, oh, the guy was lying. Uh, there, I, don't, I don't trust Vladimir Putin any farther than I can throw him. So if, if there is a bit of a ceasefire between pro- uh, or anti-Assad forces and the Assad regime, oh, okay, whatever, I, I, I doubt it. But as MSNBS was articulating, it will have no... Little, if no, uh, impact on the U.S. effort against ISIS, which, by the way, is kicked into full gear since we got rid of Obama. We detailed this yesterday. Since we were rid of Obama, the fight against ISIS is going swimmingly well. And uh, as a matter of fact, Russia is very interested in, in removing ISIS as well, so they're not going to stand in America's way. Let's get over to uh, the leader of the basket of bias, the anti-Trump, anti-conservative, anti-Republican bias over at CNN. My difference is to turn the page on the past and to create a collaborative, soft alliance against Islamic terrorism. The first Western leader to do this was Tony Blair back in 2001. And what all of these leaders, including Obama, including George W. Bush have found is that at the end of the day, the United States and Russia's strategic interests are too contradictory because of Russia's alliances, partnerships, and strategic claims on the territory around it that it calls its near abroad. Well, well let me translate all of that. The, the, the Western world comes into conflict with Russia because Russia props up thugs. Russia props up radicalized Islamic fundamentalist terrorists like Iran and Syria. And Russia has designs on its former republics when it was the Soviet Union. All these people that it forced to be in their collection of states by, well, by force, as I said. One of these mechanisms that Vladimir Putin was using was the threat of energy. Vladimir Putin wanted these former Soviet republics to rely exclusively on Russia for their energy. So if they ever got squirrely or ever decided they wanted to work in their own best interest instead of Vladimir Putin's and Russia's best interest, then Vladimir Putin could just turn off the energy. And Donald Trump went a long way in undermining that yesterday when Donald Trump said, hey, 
We got plenty of liquefied natural gas over in the U.S. We're ready to export it. As a matter of fact, we can ship it across the Atlantic cheaper than Vladimir Putin is forcing you to buy it right now from his pipelines. We can do it better, cheaper, and you won't have to worry about Vladimir Putin uh, holding your personal or, or holding his agenda over your head and preventing your country from operating in your country's best interest. So Donald Trump said, it's, it's, and it's a win-win for us. We'll talk more about this. Our buddy Chris Versace is going to be in a little bit later on. Talk about economic uh, matters. But this is, this is key. If, if American energy, and boy, there are, there are a lot of former Soviet states, Poland, Czech Republic, the, the, the Baltic states, the, the Onias, I always call them, like Estonia and those. All of these former Soviet republics, imagine if America was selling energy to all of them. And then, and then, and then, I mean, and you, know, you know who's getting in the way of all this? Angela Merkel. Apparently, Angela Merkel and Vladimir, well, this is because of, we've had such a, we had such a weak occupier of the Oval Office in Barack Obama the last eight years. Uh, Angela Merkel didn't respect Obama. She liked Obama because Obama was such a weakling and because Obama kept America weak. And Angela Merkel liked that. So she forged alliances with Putin and energy contracts and all that kind of stuff. So if if all of a sudden these former republics of the Soviet Union start getting energy from us, all of a sudden uh, folks in Eastern Europe are getting their energy needs met by the U.S., all of a sudden Western Europe's going to go, well, why are we taking Russian energy again? Why are we doing that? We've got our, our buddies over here in the United States who are not going to hold us hostage. There's a, we, we already do a little of energy trading as it is, but we could increase our market share. And I, I, I really think this is, this is Trump's, well, this is Trump's Trump card. And uh, whereas Russia has been suffering mightily under low, 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 low oil prices because they've, they predicated all of their aggression on $50, $50 a barrel oil. Uh, the United States, if we start taking market share from them, it's going to further undermine their, their economy, which is already in trouble as it is because it's a, it's basically, they have no diversification in their economy. It's all energy-based. And communists who run that government, uh, like Vladimir Putin, have no imagination. They're just natural aggressors, but they're not innovators. They're not uh, creative people. Now, I'm not saying this about the Russian people. I'm just saying about the, the communists who run the government. So uh, th- there are plenty of entrepreneurs in Russia, but they're being, once again, stifled by well by the likes of putin all right coming up on the salcedo show we'll let uh, let you guys hear what the meeting was like between vladimir and president donald trump rex tillerson will be providing the narrative coming up on the salcedo show here on the blaze keep up with the chris salcedo show on facebook and on twitter at chris salcedo tx just another way to stay in touch with chris on the blaze radio network is on the Blaze Radio Network. President Trump and President Putin 
uh, met this afternoon for two hours and 15 minutes uh, here on the sidelines of the G20. Uh, the two leaders exchanged views on the, the current nature of the U.S.-Russia relationship and the future of the U.S.-Russia relationship. Uh, they discussed important progress that was made in Syria, and I think all of you have seen uh, some of the news that just broke regarding um, as a de-escalation agreement, the memorandum, which was agreed between the United States, Russia, and Jordan for an important area in southwest Syria that affects uh, Jordan's security, but also is a very complicated uh, part of the, uh, of the Syrian battlefield. Secretary of State Rex Tillerson describing the, well, the, the, the big news coming out of this meeting with uh, Donald Trump and, and Vladimir Putin. Uh, again, this was uh, part of a, 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 a that, that was a, was a trilateral agreement right there? U.S., Russia, Jordan. Some de-escalation in there, which I guess is fine. Uh, again, I, I don't trust the Russians. I never have trusted, trusted the Russians. But we'll see if they hold up to their end of the bargain. And, well, there was, there was more that came out of this. So let's just take this point by point as the Secretary of State rolled it out. Uh, this de-escalation area was agreed. Uh, it's well-defined agreements on who will secure this area. A ceasefire has been entered into. Uh, and I think this is our first indication of the U.S. and Russia uh, being able to work together in Syria. And as a result of that, we had a very uh, lengthy discussion regarding other areas in Syria that we can continue to work together on to de-escalate uh, the areas and the violence once we defeat ISIS. You know, what I hope this isn't is a George W. Bush moment where uh, Putin says, oh yeah, I looked into Vladimir Putin's eyes and could see his soul and all that kind of BS. Uh, I hope, let, let me just say, that Rex Tillerson was speaking the language of diplomacy, which I recognize. But I hope that they were clear-eyed on precisely who they're dealing with. I, I, <laughs> I don't want the United States to be lulled into a false sense of security. Uh, this guy Putin will stab us in the back. He has proven he will. Uh, and to work together towards a political process that will secure the future of the Syrian people. Um, as a result, at the request of, the, uh, of uh, President Putin, the United States has appointed, and you've seen, I think, the announcement of a special representative for Ukraine, Ambassador Kurt Volker. Ambassador Volker will draw on his decades of experience uh, in the U.S. Diplomatic Corps, both at the, uh, as a representative to NATO and also uh, his time as, uh, as a permanent uh, political uh, appointment. The two leaders also acknowledge the challenges of cyber threats and interference in the democratic processes of the United States and other countries, and agreed to explore creating a framework around which the two countries can work together to better understand how to deal with these cyber threats. Right. Uh, discussing a cyber threat and how to beat cyber threats with Vladimir Putin is like discussing with a hacker uh, how to protect your bank account. 
Um, and and then giving that banker your your account information. It's I, I under I, I understand Rex Tillerson's the Secretary of State and he's got to speak like this. But I'm I'm just praying to God that that Trump sees right through the niceties of diplomacy and recognizes who he's he's dealing with a viper in Vladimir Putin. Both in terms of how these tools are used to interfere with the internal affairs of countries, but also how these tools are used to threaten uh, infrastructure, how these tools are used from a terrorism standpoint as well. The president opened the meeting uh, with President Putin by raising the concerns of the American people regarding Russian interference in the 2016 election. Uh, they had a very robust and lengthy exchange on the subject. Uh, the president pressed President Putin on more than one occasion regarding Russian involvement. Uh, president Putin denied such involvement uh, as I think he has in the past. Uh, the two leaders agreed, though, that this is a substantial uh, hindrance. <laughs> hindrance for who? Uh, that that was the moment that most of the basket of bias press was waiting for. And you saw the buildup. Well, if Trump doesn't do this, he's illegitimate. Trump betrays the country if he doesn't press Putin on this. You know, I, I said this in an earlier version of the Salcedo show. I said, you know, well, and I'll even tell you what was surrounding this. Morning Joe took a swipe at our buddy uh, Sean Hannity again. Morning Joe was on his, uh, his uh, little program today with his soon-to-be wife, Mika, and started calling out late-night, conservative talk show hosts, ultra, what do you call them, ultra white right-wing talk show hosts over on another channel. He was calling out Sean. And uh, saying, oh, yeah, these, these, these conservatives are uh, aligning themselves with Vladimir Putin. Vladimir Putin. Have the same values as Vladimir Putin. He kept on saying Putin and, and these right-wing talk show hosts. And I'd... I'd had just about enough of that. Now, look, I make make no mistake that Sean Hannity can defend himself just fine, and I have no there are no no, no two ways about that. This I, I wasn't defending Sean Hannity, nor do I feel I have to. But I'd had enough of this crap, so I said, uh, "Look, Morning Joe." <laughs> We real conservatives have been sounding the alarm. I'm doing this all on Twitter, right? We've been sounding the alarm about the reality of Putin since your occupier of the Oval Office, President Obama, was kissing his ass. Where were you, Morning Joe, when Barack Obama was giving away the store, giving away land of our allies to the Russians when they invaded? Where were you, Morning Joe, when Obama abandoned our allies? Where were you, Morning Joe? So, anyway, I've got more from Tillerson, but you guys can catch up that uh, uh, catch up on that tweet. Like I said, I didn't do that because I, Sean is perfectly capable of defending himself, but I'm tired of our side getting defined by the likes of of Joe Scarborough, who wouldn't know a conservative idea if it bit him in the butt. The only thing that bites him in the butt these days, I guess, is. Mika Brzezinski, <laughs> I'll be right back. 
The Chris Salcedo Show. We'll be right back. The Blaze Radio Network. So you just heard Tillerson say that President Trump pushed Vladimir Putin, pressed Vladimir Putin on his meddling and that Putin denied it, as any good KGB agent would. Interfered in your elections? What are you talking about, Mr. President? I have no... <laughs> how, many years, how many years have these Russians slash Soviets lied to us? Uh, that's, that's part of the game as far as the Soviets are concerned. And I can say safely the Soviets, because that's, that's the era in which Vladimir Putin comes from. He's still a Soviet. The rest of their country may have, have tried to come out of the Dark Ages, but he's still back there. So uh, this idea of lying to your face, they're very well practiced at it. And I'm just hoping that our president, Donald Trump, knows a good BS artist when he sees one. And Vladimir Putin is one. So Tillerson was pressed by a reporter. So let me get this straight. Mr. Secretary, can you say if the president was unequivocal in his view that Russia did interfere in the election? Did he offer to produce any evidence or to convince Mr. Putin? Uh, the, Rus the Russians have asked for proof and evidence. Uh, I'll leave that to the intelligence community to address. Yeah, and I know why they want proof, because they want us to reveal sources and methods. To which I would say to them, look, I'm not going to give you, I'm not going to give you the proof that we have uh, because I don't want to divulge what, how we found out about how we found out. But we know you're doing it and you know you're doing it. So let's just drop all the BS. Say what you got to do out in public. I, you know, I don't care. But just know that we're on to you. And Barack Obama isn't in office anymore. So if I catch you doing it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something to you. You want to screw with the U.S.? Guess what? You're going to get screwed with. Now, that's what I would hope and pray my president would say to the likes of Vladimir Putin. I know that a we never had a prayer of a conversation like that happening when President Obama was in office. So, uh... This, this uh, Tillerson description continued. Uh, the answer to that question. Uh, and again, I think, the, I think the president at this point, he pressed him and then, you know, felt like at this point, let's, let's talk about how do we go forward. And I think that was the right place to spend our time rather than spending a lot of time having a disagreement that everybody knows we have a disagreement. I... I I don't know that the disagreement is over whether they hacked, not hacked, see, they got me doing it, tried to meddle in our elections. I don't think there's any disagreement on that at all. What, what's their disagreement? Of course they did. I don't think there's a disagreement that Russia is an enemy of the United States. Is, is there a disagreement here? Now, look, I, I have to say this again, that Rex Tillerson is behaving as a diplomat. He, does, he gets paid not to be fiery and honest like me. <laughs> okay, he gets paid not to be frank and honest. 
He has to to tiptoe around, walk on eggshells, leave room for diplomacy, leave off-ramps and all this BS for the Russians. Fine. Do what you got to do. But for our discussion purposes today, folks, no one understand that the Russians are enemies to the citizens of the United States of America. The Russian government is an enemy to the citizens of the United States of America. Just no one understand that. It's all you really need to know. And that... Uh, they did indeed try to in- interfere in our elections as they've been doing since the Soviet era. Big surprise. Big surprise. Uh, let's see. Uh, Tillerson talks of the meeting between Trump and Putin. Now, this is a, a, a more lengthy soundbite, but I wanted, I wanted to give you some time, give some time for it to breathe because it, it did show a bit of a rapport between the two men. Whereas... Uh, Vladimir Putin likely regarded Obama as some know-nothing, some mealy-mouthed, limp-wristed, weak noodle. He actually found himself engaging with Donald Trump because strong men, and hey, wh- whether you like him or not, Vladimir Putin is a strong guy. He's, he believes he's operating in the best interest of his country. That happens to be in not my country's best interest, and that's why I oppose him. But, I mean, you got to give him credit. At least he's standing up for his country. Uh, Barack Obama couldn't say that, right? Barack Obama couldn't say that. Now, when, when I say he's standing up for his country, yes, he'll throw dissenters in jail. Yes, he's, he, he uh, as, is suppressing voices against him, but how is that any different than what Barack Obama did? with the IRS. I'm asking. Uh, There was a a very clear positive chemistry between the two. I think, again, and and I think the positive thing I observed, and and I've had many, many meetings uh, with President Putin before, um, is there was not a lot of relitigating of the past. I think both of the leaders feel like there's a lot of things in the past that both of us are unhappy about. We're unhappy, they're unhappy. I think the, the perspective of both of them was this is a really important relationship. Two largest nuclear powers in the world. It's a really important relationship. How do we start making this work? How- now, look, relationship. I, I don't like the use of the term. You say it's an important relationship when it's between friends. The relationship between the United States and Great Britain is important. The relationship between the United States and Israel, that's important. When it's against enemies, the relationship, I, I don't think it's the, it's, the, it's the word you should use. How about an understanding? We didn't have a relationship with the Soviets. We had an understanding with them. And that's, that's fine. They know where we, where we stand. We know where they stand. And that's fine. And the communication lines are open, but it's not a relationship because a relationship indicates give and take. And Russia doesn't give anything. Russia, you know, under the last administration, we gave away the store. We all know about this, but I do not like the use of the term relationship when talking about Russia and U.S. relations. Uh, Understanding. Sure. I get it. How do we 
live with one another? How do we work with one another? We we simply have to find a way to go forward. And I no, I get that too. Look, look, there was a relationship between Kennedy and Khrushchev. There was a relationship between uh, uh, Gorbachev and and Reagan. The two men can have a relationship and understanding, or a uh, let me say, let me say relationship between Reagan and Gorbachev, and understanding between Kennedy and and Khrushchev. It is important that each leaders of the respective countries have an understanding of where the other stands. I, I think that's important. Clear, defined boundaries. You shall not go beyond this point. If you do, you are inviting trouble. I, I think that's fair. And it is important to have that. But a relationship, I think Reagan and Gorbachev had an understanding to begin with that developed into a relationship. But I, we are nowhere near a relationship because Vladimir Putin is working against the interest of the United States and our citizens. Period. End of sentence. I think that was, that was expressed over and over, multiple times, I think by both uh, presidents. This strong desire. It is a very complicated relationship today because there are so many issues on the table. But I think, um, and one of the reasons it took a long time, I think, is because once they met and, and got acquainted with one another fairly quickly, there was so much to talk about. All these issues, uh, just about everything got touched on to one degree or another. And I think there was just such a level of engagement and exchange, neither one of them wanted to stop. And I'm okay with that. I'm Look, talking out these issues, they needed to be talked out. I mean, you can imagine how these meetings went with Obama in the room. Oh, let me be clear. Vladimir, what can I do uh, to appease you? Oh, yeah, stop, stop those missiles going into Poland? You betcha. Stop those missiles going into the Czech Republic? Okay, how else can I kiss your ass, Vladimir Putin? Tell me, tell me. Just so I don't have to do anything. I want to go back and fundamentally transform America. Uh, what, what else can I do? Let me be clear. What else can I do for you? How else can I help you hurt America? Let me be clear. That's probably, and Putin's probably looking at this, looking at Obama and going, dude, really? Really? You're, you're, se- you're selling out your people? Really? So I imagine that's how those meetings went. So when you've got Donald Trump, and, you know, it's, it's, it's a couple of alpha dogs getting thrown in, and each one wants to test the other one to measure up the other man. Barack Obama was easy, uh, was, is an easy man to measure up. He's not really a man. Uh, Barack Obama isn't, isn't typical of what you and I would consider to be a man. He doesn't take responsibility for his own actions. He blames other people for what he does. He's... Well, he's a beta. He's a beta. Metrosexual, beta, whatever you want to call him. But he's not a man in the true sense of the word. Hey, I screwed up or I'm operating in the best interest of my family, my, my country or my state, my city, my country. That's just not, that's not the kind of strong man that Obama is. Meaning not strong man, but a strong man. A man of good character. Barack Obama's a an anti-American sellout. A very weak 
man. Every country around the globe ran over him because he wasn't interested in defending America. His heart wasn't in it. We all knew this. Uh, several times I had to remind the president people were sticking their heads in the door and I think they even they sent in the first lady at one point to see if she could get us out of there and uh, that didn't work either but yes it's true but uh, but it was uh, well we went another hour after she came in to see us so. <laughs> so apparently they had a lot to talk about a couple of individuals who felt challenged by the other which uh, again, and I hate to keep contrasting this, but when uh, Obama met with Putin, it was it was all too easy for Putin to get his way because Obama didn't stand for anything. I'll be back in a minute. Hell, storms are coming. It's not just a show. It's a force of nature. Hashtag Salcedo Storm. The Chris Salcedo Show. On the Blaze Radio Network. The Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, coming up, we'll uh, detail some great jobs numbers. Uh, something you got to know, folks, is that uh, Donald Trump, it was expected that the economy that he is helping to build right now would uh, set up a certain amount of jobs for June. Those expectations were beaten again by these payrolls. We'll talk about it with uh, our buddy Christopher Sanchez. Meantime, uh, Tillerson was asked about, he was in the room with Putin and with the president of the United States, Donald J. Trump, and gave this readout on um, on how the conversation between the two men went. And we've been detailing it most of this hour. Rex Tillerson also talked about the the agreements the two leaders and the discussions the two leaders had about Syria. Here's how that went. On Syria, uh, with a great amount of detail exchanged on the agreement we had concluded today that was announced but also where we go and trying to get much greater clarity around how we see this playing out and how Russia sees it playing out. And where do we share a common view and where do we have a difference? And do we have the same objectives in mind? And I would tell you that by and large, our objectives are exactly the same. How we get there, we each have a view, but there's a lot more commonality to that than there are differences so we want to build on the commonality and we spend a lot of time talking about next steps yeah look well one of the sticking points is the united states belief that the bashar al-assad is not going to be a recognized leader i mean seriously how can you have a dude in charge of a country who gasses his own people i mean the united states is never going to go for it never going to go for it uh I, I think where Tillerson is talking about broad agreement is, look, uh, the Russians don't like terrorists, radicalized Islamic fundamentalist terrorists, even more than, any more than we do, at least as far as terrorists they don't control or own. They own Iran. Iran is a client state of the Russians, so, and they're very friendly. Those radicalized Islamic fundamentalist terrorists they like, especially when Russia support uh, is able to funnel through Iran and then into the hands of 
you know, Hamas and other terrorist groups to kill Americans. Oh, you know, Vladimir Putin's okay with that. Uh, and then where there's differences, we have more work to get together and understand maybe they've got the right approach and we've got the wrong approach. Uh, so there was a substantial amount of time spent on Syria uh, just because it's, we've had so, so much activity going on with it. Really, Rex, they, they have a better idea on how to solve that problem than we do, really? Uh, uh, come on. I, I could never be a diplomat. I could never be a diplomat. It's just not in me. All right, we have a lot to cover in the next hour. We've got Mary Ramirez coming in. <laughs> Wait till you hear what we're going to talk about. <laughs> uh, that's coming up. Chris Versace will be in to talk about some economic issues and what have the Republicans been up to as far as Obamacare is concerned? Mitch McConnell's out there going, I don't think we're going to get a deal. We're going to have to work with Democrats. The Chris Salcedo Show, part of Generation Blaze, only on the Blaze Radio Network.